After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. Took a week off last week, enjoying the weather. Once again, I want to say congratulations to Jed, Zach, and Ian. As they're graduating today from the University of Toledo over across the street, so congratulations to them. But we got David the Man of God Harris, an also UT alumni, proud UT alumni here on the phone lines. And we talk a little bit about the NFL draft. I know last week we wanted to kind of get into it, but our schedules didn't really match up. So we're going to get into it now. And actually, He's gotten a week to digest the draft. And right now, the rookies are actually getting into their rookie little uh, mini camps. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, a lot of surprises going on in the draft. And uh, me and him will kind of discuss and, you know, see if things add up between me and him here on 88.3 WGT's After for the Review. Make sure you always listen to us on our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WGT After for the Review on SoundCloud. And then also W. Uh, um, then just after further review on iTunes, you can listen to us on your phone or on your desktop. So but once again, let's welcome in David, the man of God. Harris, what's up, David? Not much. Again, congratulations to the graduate joining the Rockets alum. And they'll be coming for that, you know, donate to the alumni phone really quickly. <laughs> that is right. Once you graduate, they do come for the... Uh, alumni uh you know donations or they'll try to get you with the alumni credit card but then again though it's always nice to hang up that hard-earned uh degree so david we've gotten done with the uh so to speak the draft got a week to digest it and uh what'd you think there was a lot of surprises a lot of head scratching for me for certain teams but you go ahead and talk about that also besides the draft too uh, in the next segment, we'll talk about, we'll split this up in two segments, the draft overall, then you'll grade the teams, and then also also some other NFL news. Matt Ryan agreeing to a five-year extension worth $100 million guaranteed, $30 million per year, first QB to average that. But there's some people out there saying he could be overpaid. Were the Falcons dumb, or are they just trying to pay for the market? But we'll get into that in the, probably the second segment. But right now, Let's look at this current crop of rookies who could be making big money in their next contract. We'll speak to this right now. 2018 draft. Yeah, just thinking about the draft overall, it was really, when you look at the trades that happened primarily in the first round, and we all know because every year there's one or two trades that really surprises us in terms of who's trading up to where and then what they do with the pick. And so it was really after that first cluster of quarterbacks went that the question was going to be, okay, who's going to trade up where? Which quarterback is going to fall? What court, or, and then outside of the quarterback position, what other needs will be filled? Because there was a lot of defensive depth in particular in this first round. And so teams maneuver and manipulating, and as we go through the first round, you kind of see which 
moves I liked and which ones I'm still, even with a week to digest, still don't know what was going on in their mind. But yeah, this this first act was definitely interesting. There's a lot of good storylines heading into this rookie season. Obviously, the, one of the biggest questions is going to be which of the five quarterbacks, but really which of the four of the top ten quarterbacks will start first. What are some of the high, more high-profile rookies that were traded up going to do, and then how ultimately just the adjustment to the NFL because now it's not you know you're dominating guys who are your peers in terms of college. Now you're going up against grown bleeping men, where you know they're trying to keep food on the table. They're trying to keep you know their NFL careers going for as long as they can. So now you really get into the, okay, you were great in college, but now you're, especially those that were drafted day one and for the most part in day two as well, these are the guys that, hey, you're out going to take somebody's job. Are you ready to put in the work? And so I'm interested to see which of these rookies will put in the work and which ones will be, you know, not to say flare out after a couple of years, but which ones really won't pan is going to be that biggest question. Well, yeah, but David, too, there's there's certain situations where some of these quarterbacks are going to get uh, time right away, and some might have to sit and wait. So you're probably going to have to give them, like, the, the five-year window before we start judging them. Well, I, I mean, I think with the quarterback position in particular, just thinking about so the before the top ten, so thinking about Baker Mayfield, because they, you know, did a smart move and brought in Tyrod Taylor, that gives Baker Mayfield the chance to sit and kind of at least for a year behind Tyrod and really learn, develop the game, maybe come in a game here or a drive here or there, maybe a quarter here or there, depending on game situations, just to get you know his feet to the fire before they jump him in for a full game or an extended game outside of the you know that preseason game. Then you look at a situation like Sam Darnold, where I mean it's the Jeff. No one. No one knows what's going to happen in New York. The coaches don't know who's going to start. So there may be a chance that Sam Darnold starts week one. That is true. They got, about, like five, they got like five quarterbacks. And really, to be honest yeah. with you, unless Teddy Bridgewater really comes back from that injury, uh, I see McNown being the, the mentor at 39. But, yeah, there, there's not really – Hackenberg is like his name, Hackenberg. So I I don't really see much in New York's uh, – players but then again you know Darnold's only 20 years old so you know they might want to keep him on the shelf for a year yeah I mean I think having a guy having at least one solid vet in McCown like you know that he can get you you know three or four weeks it's kind of similar I think the Jets would approach Sam Darnold similar way to what Houston did with Deshaun Watson you know not the starter right away week one but you know three or four weeks in throw him in there unless you know McCown plays like Tom Savage and then everyone is like, all right, just put the rookie in. Let him, you know, feet to the fire, bullets fly, and let's see what he does. And who knows? So I think New York in particular, I think New York and Cleveland are better situations really rather than, and maybe include Arizona in that as well. I mean, you paid Sam, I mean, you gave Sam Bradford money or Splash, he stole that money from you to play in Arizona, so that allows Josh Rosen to sit. But is Josh Rosen really the guy that's going to 
be happy sitting his rookie season, considering, you know, the brash cockiness that he's exhibited throughout leading up to the draft on draft night and, the, you know, his press conference where, you know, he comes out and says in 10 years, I'm going to make sure that the nine teams in front of me make sure that, you know, they all made mistakes and not picking me. Like, where does that factor in? Well, he's also got to remember, too. I think he's just saying about the quarterbacks that were picked ahead of him, not because obviously there's some teams that didn't need a quarterback. But I understand what he's doing. But I like the feistiness in him. What we're going to do is first, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this. Number one pick, um, we'll kind of get into. Now, you said in your mock draft, that was when we see Quam Barkley, what happened? Cleveland went in left field. And, I mean, again, no one's surprised that Cleveland took a quarterback because was it, was it like this, David? Has this I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, if we're going to go by my mock draft and me saying that, hey, if you get Saquon Barkley, you can get your quarterback at four. And so for me, I'm like, if, like, I understand Baker Mayfield, high intensity guy. He's a guy that doesn't like to lose high motivation. Kind of some people say, you know, cocky in your face, all this other stuff. But was he really going to go to the Giants or the Jets? Like, no. Like, at least in my opinion, I don't think he was. Like, he could have been there at four for you. And so, with the number one pick, it should be that can't miss. And people were saying, yeah, it's a great pick at the time. The rumors were true that we all heard leading, you know, a couple of days before the draft. Hey, they're thinking of, there's more and more conversation that they're going to take Baker Mayfield. And rightfully so, people are like, is this a smoke screen? Hold on, hold on. Are they, they really? Right, hold on. Let's see some, though. Let's see the, the commissions at the, the, the table are actually up at the podium. Baker Mayfield. Wow. With the first pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. So basically what you're saying is is that he's Baker Mayfield at the number one pick. Now I'll, I'll say this. If you want if this is the quarterback you want to get, you want to get that's the that's fine. Uh I don't understand why you got rid of Kaiser for Baker Mayfield. I mean, if you're gonna get a quarterback, I want to get a quarterback that's really dynamic so when they're gonna show um really steal the show. But I kinda agree with you too. We don't hate the player. You know, don't get that misconstrued. I think Baker Mayfield's, you know, story is pretty good. I don't like the getting chased by the cops, but being a two-time walk-on and then, you know, being a Heisman Trophy finalist, I think that's a great story, and I think that outweighs him making that one mistake. But when you have the number one pick and you have the choice of anybody, anyone, I totally agree with you, David. You got to get the best player that's available. I understand it's a quarterback league you got to get either the best quarterback in the draft, which I didn't think Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in this draft. I think mean, he has a few intangibles, but I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft. Or you get the most dynamic, franchise-changing player. And yeah, Saquon and- Barkley, even though some people say, well, it's a running back, but no. I think this pick wouldn't have been bad, like you said. If he was picked fourth or if he was picked a little bit later in the draft, just like um, we mentioned with Rosen, then people don't say anything's wrong with this pick, but with him being at the number one pick, I think that's where there's a concern. But go ahead, David. Yeah, and I think again, when you're when you're drafted number one overall, and if you're a quarterback, and Baker Mayfield's six foot and five eight inches, 
like with the number one pick, the Cleveland Browns ownership is banking on him to be the next Drew Brees. Like they're saying that, hey, he's going to be the next Russell Wilson. Like I don't see that from him. Like I see, yes, he's a great player, but he's not. Like there isn't going to be another Drew Brees. There's you know so many quarterbacks that are six foot that don't last in this league because one, the size, two. Yes, he had good accuracy or highly accuracy, but when you're in Cleveland, you're going to be scrambling a lot. You're going to be running a lot. And at some point, you can run all you want, but Terrell Suggs is going to be in your face. Fontaine's birthday is going to be in your face. Cam Hayward's going to be in your face. Like, you can run as much as you want. I just think if you're going to go with the number one overall pick, you've got to be 100% sure without a shadow of a doubt, that this guy can last 10 years. Not not just play well for 10 years. Like, this guy can last 10 years. And in this division, like, you need to be big and physical. Like, Andy Dalton, tall. We know Joe Flacco is tall, versatile. We know Big Ben takes, like, 18 people to tackle him. Like, Baker Mayfield, like, like he's not used to playing in the cold. He's not used to playing it with the four fan base that boos you pretty much every possession because they're just so used to their quarterback falling below the mark. Like, like I'm just, again, like I like him as a player. I like him as a guy. He's shown flashes of character both ways, but with the number one pick, Dude, you gotta be lights out, or else you're gonna go down like Jamarcus Russell, or even worse, Ryan Leaf. Like, I, I don't know. I, I I think Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf, uh, they, they they, Jamarcus Russell obviously didn't have the work ethic to to be in the NFL, and Ryan Leaf just had a lot of mental and uh, personal problems. I think not to deal with the NFL. I think this Baker Mayfield guy. Um, he, he's been some, through some adversity. He knows what it is to work. Um, if you really think about it, Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf, which is bigger and better than everybody else, like majority of the professional athletes that 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 come into the league, where throughout grade school, high school, college, they're just better than everybody else. And then when you got to the NFL, when it finally you know everyone catches up to you, I don't think they could could deal with that. This guy here twice has been a walk-on and has been able to start as a quarterback at you know high major programs i mean he's six foot and five eight weighs 215 runs a 484 40 yard dash so he ain't gonna really be getting away from anybody and he, he's, they said he's highly accurate um i i personally think though that with this pick and some people said it was half and half in the draft room i i some of the picks that the Browns made, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know really if the front office made that pick or that was more of an owner pick. If you kind of notice, the owner to me, Haslam, seems like a Jerry Jones almost. You know that the Browns fans are going to show up and you're pretty much running the organization to make headlines. Are you really trying to get guys to be ball players, or are you getting guys in there that'll make headlines? And Baker Mayfield, let's face it, He's going to make headlines. I mean, it's a headline pick. I personally probably would have picked either Darnold or Saquon Barkley. But it just seems like, to me, this pick was more of a Haslam kind of a pick. And it kind of fits the personality of the Browns. And I think sometimes personality matters. But when you're trying to win a, be a culture of winning, you're trying to pick the best players to win. 
like I said, I don't think Baker Mayfield's not bad. He's talented, but I don't think he warrants being the number one pick. Um, but do you think this might hurt the, 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 the Browns, or are they smarter than everyone else in the room and got the guy that they wanted? Well, I mean, I think they got the guy that they wanted, but I think they still outsmarted the room because in the effort to, again, go to that mantra of quarterbacks got to win the league, quarterbacks got to win the league, quarterback, you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback, and then continue to do that pretty much since 1999. I honestly think that within three or four years, they're going to draft another quarterback because that's just what they do. Like, there's going to be some kind of change, whether coaching, whether coordinator, whether ownership, and then they're going to have to do a rebuild, and they're going to look at Baker Mayfield and say, I mean, dude, you're six foot, you know, six foot and a half, barely six one. They're not even six one. Like, when we think of quarterbacks, we think of the six two, six three prototype. And so that project could be scrapped just as quickly because, again, one, it's Cleveland, and two, you got, like, again, think about that five-year window. If he doesn't produce to the extent that ownership expected him to, coaching expected him to, like, are people going to look back? And that's the reason why I brought up Brian Lee to Marcus Russell. Like, people are going to look back and say, what could have been? What could have been? Well, but I'm hopeful. Like, I I really want the Browns to have a culture of winning because, you know, at some point you got to break that mold. Like, at some point you got to have a winning season. At some point you got to be relevant again. That is true. So let's move on. Hopefully the Browns got their pick. But then number two was the Giants. What do they go with? Second pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Saquon Barkley, running back, Penn State. What did you think, David? I mean, he was there. Like, one, I'm, they were probably surprised that he was there. Two, it probably took him all about five seconds to call Saquon. Like, yo, you're coming to New York, man. That is true. Like, yeah, it, they it, do have to. The NFL makes it where <laughs> – you have to use the five minutes, unlike in some of the other drafts where if you know who you're going to pick, they just, you know, throw the card in. Okay, we're picking that guy. This is automatic. But the NFL makes you wait the five minutes. You get the whole, You have to use the allotted five minutes between each pick. And, and the Giants even said once they knew Barkley was there, they put a stamp on it. Yeah, and I think, one, best overall best player in the draft. Two, you get a guy that if – Eli Manning is going to be your guy, at least for this season and however long, you know, management, ownership, coaches, thinks that he's going to be the guy. Having Saquon Barkley as an option out of the backfield with a similar role to a Le'Veon Bell and kind of how his usage in Pittsburgh, like that's going to help Eli because last season, Eli, like he had Orleans Darko, who was a great, you know, running back, but it was kind of hidden this here or there. In terms of pass catchers, like Sterling Shepard, nah. Like we know OBJ had his like wasn't on the field a whole lot. But it was like, who's this guy going to throw to? And now you have a legitimate option that will scare people in the NFL. Because the comparisons to Adrian Peterson, the comparison, like I said, work the way that he'll be utilized similar to Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, like 
those guys are scary athletes when you're trying to schedule and plan for on the defensive side of the football. Like, so I think the Giants locked down, like, no brainer kind of pick for them. So I was like, hey, yes, people are going to say, yeah, you should have taken the quarterback, but, like, Saquon Barkley wasn't going to drop any further, or else people in New York would have had a riot. But do you think that, that, um, but David, do you think that maybe they had the pick of the draft too? I mean, you got Eli Manning. Um, let's be honest. I mean, they could have went with Allen. They could have went with a lot of guys. I mean, basically at that number two pick, uh, they could have. I mean, obviously Barkley's the 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 no brainer choice. But they they had the pick of the litter though. They could have got Darnold or Rosen. But I think Barkley was the better pick, and and you know if Barkley comes out and does well his rookie year, and does has another good five good years, uh, Cleveland fans might get a little disappointed. Oh, Cleveland fans are going to like have that disappointment by like no later than week eight. They're going to look at New York and be like, "We let this guy go," like who, for all intents and purposes, is probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Unless someone has a dynamic, you know, season, which or he gets injured, I, yeah, or he gets, well, even think about last year, Deshaun Watson, until Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt went off, people were looking at Deshaun Watson like, hey, he only played how many games, and we were still thinking about him as rookie of the year. So I mean, but yeah, like Saquon Barkley's electric, and it would be exciting for him to be in New York. Just, yeah. So let's look at that's going to move on. The New York Jets select Sam Darnold, yep. quarterback, USC. What do you think, David? Well, this was my first lock that actually got right in the mock draft, so I'm kind of happy about that. But, yeah, I just thought Sam Darnold was a, kind of the best fit for them, thinking that, you know, Rosen would be off the board and just thinking about the personality and their history, the brief history that the Jets have with picking quarterbacks from USC. Like, my only thing is, and it's been addressed by many people, the ball security. And thinking about the Jets, how they really don't have the ability to keep defenses off the field. So from the offensive standpoint, it's crucial that you take care of the football. And but that's one of your concerns coming into the league is ball security, you know. That's going to be something that he's going to have to nip in the bud right away. And, again, thinking about he may have a little time to sit, just thinking about McCown, if Teddy Bridgewater is able to play a little bit. So he may not be called into action week one, but I fully expect at least no later than next year they'll give him the keys and say, hey, let's see what you got. Do you think the Browns made a mistake in not picking Darnold? Yeah, I don't. I don't think when I'm when I look at the offensive kind of systems that Cleveland and New York runs, I think Cleveland is trying to get more of a balanced offense, whereas I think New York is so at least more gravitated towards being a pass-first kind of offense, and so having the quarterback throw 35, 40 times a game probably won't be out of the question 
in some games this season, namely because I'm fully expecting them to be behind in a lot of those games. And so you have to throw the ball and air it out kind of just to keep up. And so I think with that high usage rate, thinking about and kind of just the situation in Cleveland, would Sam Darnold go there and would he really fit into what kind of Hugh Jackson's trying to do? Which, again, I don't know what they're trying to do because no one knows what Cleveland's trying to do. <laughs> he said, you don't know what Cleveland's trying to do. That's That's crazy. I mean, most people in Cleveland don't know what they're trying to do. It's kind of like the organization or just the um, fans. Well, the the fans don't know what the Browns are going to do because the fans are just the fans assume that they're going to have at least twelve losses just by looking at the schedule. Right now, let's let's go to the the next pick. Fourth pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select. Denzel Ward, whoa. defensive back, Ohio State. And as you heard, the whoa, Denzel Ward, man, runs a fast 40. Some people thought they were going to go with Chubb, uh, compare him, you know, with uh, or get him combined with uh, Garrett on the, on the line. Instead, the Browns go with Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. Once again, I kind of thought, nah, I don't think this is really a bad pick. I mean, you always got to get a lockdown corner. But then again, though, if you get a great pass rush, you can get a corner from anywhere because once that pass rush gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback, it makes it a lot easier for the defensive backfield. I kind of thought, once again, this was one another one of those picks where you went and got an Ohio State guy, and yeah, he's really talented, but you're kind of bringing in a guy that maybe can sell some tickets. What did, what, what did you what did you think of this pick? Yeah, this was really much... Like Sam Darner, I kind of knew, just kind of more and more heard about it. It was kind of like, okay, there's a realistic expectation that that could be a possibility. Like, the Denzel Ward thing came out of left field for me. And media reaction was like, you know, WTF. Like, what are you doing? Chubbs, you realize Chubbs there. You realize that, hey, if you get a quarterback, hey, Quentin Nelson is there. You need to protect the guy, you know, your multi-million dollar investment. And I understand Bengals and Browns organizations have for some reason, this infatuation of getting guys from Ohio State, which kind of explains why they haven't been you know, successful in the playoffs, but that's, you know, my own jab. But just looking at Denzel Ward, he's had questions and looking at just his draft profile, there's questions about him, you know, getting pushed around, bullied on the offensive line, or kind of bullied off the line by more physical receivers. There's questions about him kind of looking at some of his weaknesses you know, lacks play strength to jam and disrupt. Needs to turn and find the football sooner with the back to the ball. Several pass breakups came on throw with poor placement, you know. His, has issues disengaging from big blocking receivers. Coverage benefited from deep talented rushing the front. And yes, while it's all this, you know, yes, he's a great defender. He's able to burst for recovery and closeouts. And he, he has all this physical speed. Like in the NFL, like all the all those weaknesses are going to get amplified, and so yes, if you can, you know, be patient and press, if you can have all this athletic ability and have all this footwork, yes, that's great in college. But when you get to the pros, and like I said to a friend of mine, like you, you Denzel Ward 
can't stop Antonio Brown. Denzel Ward can't stop Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, and those are small physical guys. So thinking of a guy. And those guys like, in, his, in his division that he's going to see twice, too. I mean, that, that, that's kind of yeah. important. It's a, and like you said in his profile, like he benefited from having a good front seven, a good pass rush that, you know, always got to the quarterback, caused some of those poor disruptions and throws that allowed him to get interceptions. Like, he's going to Cleveland. Like, they don't have as great a pass as Ohio State. They just don't. Like, they're trying to get there. And, you know, with Miles Garrett last year and the thought of them getting a pass rush this year, Bradley Chubb, and, yes, it was a need at cornerback, but you had so many other needs. And like you said, this this draft was complete with cornerbacks. Like, you could have got a decent quarterback at the end of the first round, early second like I would have gotten Quentin Nelson here if you want to, if you want to go defense, go Bradley Chubb. Like I just think, yes, it was a solid pick. It was just a need, but eh, like corners don't go top four, top five, unless you're you are hundred percent sure that this guy is going to be Hall of Fame caliber. Like this guy's going to be All Pro. This guy's going to be locked down. And there's just too many questions with Denzel Ward, especially thinking about the physicality that he does sometimes doesn't possess. It's kind of right immediately at the jump. Like, you're going to possibly go up against guys like A.J. Green. Like, come on. Like, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, who we got. Like, thinking about the physical guys that Baltimore always brings in. Like, like, great pick, but, like, I'm hesitant to see, and I'm hopeful that it's not he doesn't turn into kind of a Joe Hayden type where, yes, he had this glimmers of all pro, but then after a while it was like, eh. he gets Yeah, he gets marginalized and looks small, and then eventually he starts to get injured, and that starts to catch up with him. But then the next two picks were guys that you were highly uh, touting. Bradley Chubb, defensive end, NC State. Bradley Chubb, Chubb goes to the Broncos. How do you think about that? Yeah, I, I thought he would fall one pick further down to the Colts, but the Broncos looking at him and saying, "Hey, we can if Cleveland's going to pass up this guy and not address you know the pass rush." Denver's like, "Hey, we got a guy named Von Miller. Like, yo, just go learn from Von Miller, who's again not a bad guy to learn from." If you want to learn how to be a pass rusher in the NFL. And then this one. Go ahead. With the sixth pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Quentin Nelson, guard, Notre Dame. Two guys that you mentioned earlier that the Browns could have picked up. Did the Colts and did the um, Broncos pretty much get two excellent steals because the Browns kind of, so to speak, fumbled the football? Oh, absolutely. And I think the Broncos and Colts, for that reason, are two of my winners from the draft. Like, they got guys that were can't-miss prospects that fell into the lap because of you know teams ahead of them, namely Cleveland. But, I mean, the Colts addressed a big need. It's like, if you think Andrew Luck is the guy, like, you want to protect him by any and all means necessary. And, I mean, Quentin Nelson... Again, can't miss prospect. One of the best guards in recent memory. 
And, like, he's going to be in the league for at least 10, 15 years if he's, you know, if he continues to play how he did at Notre Dame. So, so yeah, it was just a great steal by both te- both organizations, and both organizations have to be happy. It could, and I, I kind of thought the same thing too. Um, if, if you're going to draft the quarterback, you either got to protect him or go with a really dynamic defensive uh, player. And, it, and and like I said, I don't know if the Ward pick. Once again, we're trying to say we're not. When there's nothing against. We don't have nothing against the players, but it kind of did seem like Ward and Mayfield were guys that you could get any time in the draft. And, and I think me and you agree on that. That. These were, you know, are these guys the dynamic cornerstone franchise player that you need to turn around your culture? Not saying they're horrible players, but we just mentioned, you know, Chubb, Barkley, you know, Quentin. You know, these are guys you're going to be bringing in. Darnold, you know, a guy, another guy you could bring in that, you know, could pretty much change around your franchise. Not guys that you could, you know, if, if you traded, if you traded the picks and traded down, couldn't the Browns got the same players? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't think Nelson would have been further down. No, I'm talking about than, who they picked: Ward and B- Baker Mayfield. They had the one and the four. Unless they wanted to accumulate more picks, if the Browns would have moved down the draft, could those two players have still been there if they had moved down? Yeah, I, I think Baker Mayfield in particular probably would have been there. Say, for example, if they moved down to ten, where the Cardinals picked up Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Baker Mayfield would have been there at 10 because I don't think the Bills are trading up to get Baker Mayfield. I don't think there was some conversation about the Dolphins maybe trading up, but they were more looking at Josh Rosen once they realized that he was available. And for Denzel Ward, I mean, maybe does he fall or does the Tampa Bay keep their pick and get Denzel Ward at seven? We'll get them in my beef with them later. But, I mean, they decided to drop down. The Bears decided to go linebacker, which I thought was a good move. Like, I think thinking, you know, the earliest that Denzel Ward kind of thinking about how the draft laid out, maybe 13 to Washington, maybe 14 to where the Saints drafted up. So, he, like, he would have been available outside of the top 10. Like, if I'm looking at some teams, it was certain teams draft up. But, yeah. Like, at one and four, these guys have to be locked. Because you're saying that these guys, you expect them to be all pro caliber for the next decade. Yeah, that, 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 that is totally true. And speaking of the Bills, let's see who they picked. Players have traded the seventh pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the seventh pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. What'd you think? What'd you think of that pick right there? Josh Allen. Kind of weird that some tweets that he made, racial tweets he made when he was 15, 16 year old, 15, 16 years old, popped out of nowhere, even though his his team erased him from the internet. Somehow, some way, someone got him and right hours before the draft put him out there. So then he has some lot of explaining to do to his teammates. But other than that, they got the big arm. He's from Wyoming. Some question about how he played against the lower competition. He didn't really light it up, so to speak. Uh, what do you think about this pick? Yeah, that was, that was going to be my big thing. And kind of thinking, and people said, oh, you need a big arm in Buffalo, you know, cold weather, big arm. 
So let me, I'm just going to read through his recent game logs, like his game logs from this past season. You know, big game against Iowa, 23 or 40 for 174 yards. You kind of expect that because, you know, Iowa's a pretty decent, you know, D1 caliber team. Against Oregon, 9 of 24 for 64 yards. Hawaii, 9 of 19 for 92 yards. Texas State, 14 of 24 for 219 yards. The most yards he passed against a D1 opponent, because I'm excluding that Gardner-Webb game, because everyone gets an FCS. Like his most passing yards he threw for a game was against New Mexico, where he was 16 of 28 for 234 yards. In his bowl game against Central Michigan, 11 of 19 for 154 yards. Like You can't be a top-10 quarterback drafted in the NFL and throw for less than 2,000 yards in the season. Like You just can't. And I don't care about the excuses of, oh, he didn't have wide receivers, oh, he didn't have weapons. Like, if you're a good quarterback, you make your receivers better. Like, I'm, I'll say it, and, you know, just look at the look at the wide receivers the Rockets had. Logan Woodside still threw for how many yards? Like, if you look at, you know, a team like Central Michigan, how many yards did they throw for? Like, like to be a college quarterback and throw for two thousand less than two thousand yards in a season on a team that doesn't emphasize the run. Like you were the guy that everyone said coming into the season, "Hey, this is a can't miss prospect, can't miss prospect." This guy is, you know, your prototype, and you're out here, ten of twenty, sixteen of twenty-eight, eight for eleven. 9 of 19, 9 for 24. Like, that doesn't scare me. Like, I don't, and I don't, and I know people are going to continue to give the excuse of, oh, look at his weapons. Like, look at his weapons. Like, really? Like, what, what? It's just crazy to think that all this hype and all this big arm and stuff, and yet, Outside of going against an F, like against solid D1 competition, you went 23 of 40 against Iowa, 9 of 24 against Oregon, 11 of 19 against Central Michigan, like, and 12 of 27 against Boise State. Like, and you won against Central Michigan. Like, that was, like, like, I hope he does well. Like, I really hope he does well and that whole big arm, you need a big arm at Buffalo, does well. But just looking at it strictly from a quarterback standpoint, like, it's not all about size. It's about the numbers that you put up. And, sir, you didn't put up the numbers. Like, you you can't throw for 1,800 yards in 11 games in the NFL and expect people to give you a pass. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I really hope that maybe having NFL, actual NFL wide receivers helps his numbers increase a little bit. But for me, that's one where I was just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, he's it. Mm. Moving on, though, we got this pick. The 18 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Roquan Smith. Linebacker, Georgia. What did you think of that pick right there, David? Hated it. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, I think I think it was one of the better picks in the first round, considering the top ten. Kind of, he's the kind of prototypical NFL linebacker. Some people were comparing him to some of the you know the great Chicago linebacker, middle inside linebacker, and the kind of being that next generation. Kind of, can he develop his game to be the next Brian Urlacher? Like, that's some pretty high praise coming from Chicago. Especially since like, be, he's, they, getting, he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, like like Roquan Smith, the intangibles, the vision, the ability, the ability to not only you know, cover the run, cover the pass, like from sideline to sideline, man. Like, he's a great pick. And I think, I think Bears fans will actually be happy kind of having a guy in that middle of the defense kind of quarterback that defense, the guy that can be and play every down. Hmm. Okay. And then now the 49ers. In the 2018 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. So they get the offensive tackle to protect uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think of that pick? Jimmy G. Yeah, and I, I think, and I had McGlinchey in my mock draft kind of going down to the Ravens at 16 had they stayed there. But, again, you got to protect your investment. And McGlinchey, second-best offensive lineman behind his teammate, I mean, it's a solid, solid pick because he's good in the run game, he's good in the pass game, and he's, you know, he knows what it takes to be in the NFL, his cousin, We'll talk about him in, in the next segment, Matt Ryan. Like, so he understands a little bit of the ethic that it takes to last in the NFL. So, I, yeah, I think it's a solid pick for San Francisco. Played it safe, but hey, sometimes playing it safe is playing it best. You think so? I mean, I guess it's a, it's a winner pick for them because they they have their quarterback. But uh, that that's that that you know, I guess that'd be you know kind of crazy. Now, here's the final pick of the top ten, and this was a, a, a interesting pick. 2018 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Josh Rosen, quarterback, UCLA. What do you think? I think, well, one, I'm surprised Oakland traded down from that pick, but again, looking at 18,000 trades that happened in the first round, like this was just the first of many. But I, I think Rosen, Arizona, I think, he would be, I think he'll be a good fit in Arizona. Again, I don't think he'll start right away, considering they brought in Bradford kind of in the off season. I think it gives him a little time to one learn really the NFL, learn about what it takes to really win. Because for all like the hype that he's kind of and all the kind of charisma that he has, he really didn't do that much winning in college. Like, in, you can blame it on Jim Moore all you want. You can blame it on this person, that person, but, you know, as the quarterback, we praise you when you win and you get the blame when you lose. And so, I mean, last year, six and five, shade under 3,800 passing yards. Yeah, he had a solid season, but kind of looking at the chemistry, looking at off the off the field stuff, relationship with the head coach, like, can he come in and really be willing to learn. And I think he can from all his, of his own words and his own reflections. But yeah, I think if he can kind of stay on the field and 
given that work ethic that I he's been saying that he's ready to give to the job of being the NFL quarterback. I think he can be a solid contributor. But do you like his attitude, though? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Baker Mayfield and to a certain extent, Sam Darnold. I mean, you have to have a little bit of confidence in yourself. And it's just, for some people, that line from confidence to cockiness is thin. For some, it's a little bit bolder. Me, personally, I like a little bit of cockiness. I don't think about the whole, you know, he's too smart, his intelligence, all this stuff like that. Like, so what? You want your quarterback to not be intelligent? Like, you realize how much they have to process from the time the ball is snapped to them to the time they throw, which is four or five seconds. Like, you have to you have to be smart to play quarterback. So if the criticism of Josh Rosen is he's too smart for his own good, like, I mean, Peyton Manning was smart for his own good. Look where that got him. Like, you can be smart and play the quarterback position. I just think, and again, people will say, you know, is this hard into it? And I'm like, eh. That's going to be the million-dollar question. Can he continue to have that work ethic? Can he push himself and push everyone else to be better? Now, before we wrap up this segment, because we were trying to get through the first round, then we get to the individual teams, the next segment. Um, Some other notables, we did kind of want to do the top ten. Mika Fitzpatrick was number 11 to the Dolphins. Vita Vea went to... uh, um, the Bucks, Tampa, or actually, yeah, Tampa Bay, the Bucks. Um, Marcus Davenport to the Saints, Colton Miller to the Raiders, um, uh, Frank Ragnall to the Lions, and uh, Billy Price twenty one, Rashawn Evans to the Titans, and also we had um, Lamar Jackson, the last pick to the Ravens and Sony Michelle to the Patriots. Now, some people said the Patriots was going to possibly move up. And this is Baker Mayfield's agent saying they were going to try to move up and try to draft him. I don't know if that's true or not. But overall, how did you, you grade the first round for a lot of these teams? I mean, or was it just an exciting draft to you? I think because there are a lot of surprises and a lot of players that we expected to go early fell really late. So it just kind of quick flash. Tampa Bay, why are you drafting a defensive tackle when you got in your address your defensive line consistently throughout the offseason? I thought going a guy like Derwin James, who was magically there for you at twelve after trading back from the number seven pick. I thought that was an interesting biggest head scratcher for me, the Saints giving up not just a first rounder in this year's draft at Green Bay, but a first round jacker next year for Marcus Davenport. A lot of people, including myself, thought, hey, if you're going to draft up, get Lamar Jackson. He's going to be the heir apparent. Put him in the dome. Boom. 4,000 yards. Happy offense. You know, greatest show on turf 2.0. I thought that was the biggest question for me. Dallas, yes, I understand you need a linebacker, but yeah, wide receiver gone. Jason Wynn was nearing retirement, and now, as of this week, you know, this Jason did retire, so – Kind of need some more weapons. I thought Calvin really would have been perfect there. Um, the Carolina Panthers going DJ Moore instead of Calvin Ridley, who gets gifted to the Falcons. That's going to be an interesting rivalry. And then 
we'll address it when we get to the next segment, kind of talking about our team. But Terrell Edmonds, like, fam, like, like, I'm trying not to rant, but this has been building up for the past two weeks. So just stay tuned, Steelers fans, because I got some more. Okay. And I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. He said he's not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Well, that's you know what? We'll end the segment on that, and then we'll get into the next segment of uh, our teams of, of playing. And uh, it's going to be a good one. You said you wanted to get something off your chest and ran a little bit, David, so to speak. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break here, here on 88.3 WXUT. We let the last week we couldn't get on. Um, by the way, we're back on the air, actually, David, back on 24-7 on the radio dial as you know that the um basically the tower went down over at parks tower so they had wxts playing 24 hours so now we're back and uh, they can hear us on the radio and online make sure you go to wxut.com listen to us online on saturday mornings 11 to 1 and then just turn us up on your fm dial at 88.3 coming up next we'll look at the individual teams most basically the local ones we got the browns um bears you know my squad his squad the steelers and uh, let me look at the Lions for uh, Frank Vashner coming up next uh, here on 88.3 WT's after further review. <laughs> 